0: Or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode.
1: Listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now.
0: The State Farm Arena held its breath. What's Cody looking for? He almost looked like he was in a daze or a trance or something. Cody's looking to the sky. God, what's he doing? it's, no.
1: it's his. Oh. soon heaven on its way to hell. He saw something bad can happen when you're this high up. You're out of control. He,
0: he's letting his emotion carry him away here. Come on, A move shot for the top. The leg is hooked. The leg back on his And Cody beats Wardlow to win the steel cage match. And now we know exactly what we have. We'll be rolling in to Chicago on pay-per-view to challenge MJF, finally! What the hell did we just see? In my soul,
1: every fight out of control, do it all to get them off the beat. crowd is here about
0: It's a brand new episode of the Elite Cinema Geekly's AEW podcast. It's Anthony Lewis and Nick Montez, and we're back to talk more AEW Dynamite on TNT. Uh, before we dive into that, of course, uh, I'll just very quickly walk you through Dark This Week. Uh, weird episode. Uh, they had a, a, a Chris Statlander victory, which was okay. I don't even remember who she wrestled on that. Uh, Oh, Diamante. She wrestled Diamante of uh, LAX and Impact Wrestling fame. Uh, And Big Swole also had a match that she won, which wasn't that great either. And the main event was super weird. It was uh, QT Marshall and Peter Avalon against the Young Bucks. And it was just comedy. It's just weird. Probably the worst Young Bucks match I've seen in a long time. Ellie, whoa. Uh, it wasn't like it was bad. It wasn't like, oh, man, one star. But, you know, it was like two and three quarters. It was, it was just a comedy match where they just beat up these, these goofs. That was dark. It was like a weird, weird episode. Vastly different from the episode of AEW Dynamite we're going to be talking about
1: here. Oh, brother. <laughs> which was
0: quite the show. Uh, This is episode number 20 of Dynamite on TNT, and uh, we're in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, the State Farms Arena, and this show, off to a hot start, Nick. We don't have time for introductions. It's the Battle Royal for uh, the Tag Team Battle Royal for a shot at the titles at Revolution. Uh,
1: It's becoming more of a constant thing now. They'd never have time for an intro because they just pack these shows with so much. Yes, starting straight away. And here are all the teams, Young Bucks. The Stronghearts,
0: uh, Shima and T-Hawk. SCU, The Hybrid 2, Best Friends, Jurassic Express, Private Party, Butcher and the Blade, uh, the Dark Order team of John Silver and Alex Reynolds, uh, and Santana and Ortiz. I believe that is all of the teams. Um, So early on, Jack Evans saw SCU dive onto a bunch of people and knocked everybody down. So he thought he too could try this. Uh, and everybody caught him and threw him out. Uh, T-Hawk got dumped by Private Party after they hit him with a silly string. Uh, by the way, this is a uh, both members must be eliminated to for the team to be eliminated situation. Uh, then the Dark Order spokesperson makes his on-camera debut. I've, I don't think he's ever actually appeared... Uh, and he distracted SCU and they both got eliminated. So SCU is out. Uh, then the Dark Order geeks, they get eliminated as well. Uh, Luchasaurus eliminates Shima. And on the outside, they do this little bit where they, a Dark Order offers Shima a mask. And he appears to just take it and walks to the back. <laughs> so maybe he's just joining. He's just like, well, I'll, sure. Uh <laughs> Nick ran. Nick Jackson runs wild on literally everyone in the battle royal, uh, but unfortunately gets backropped out by the butcher. Uh, private Party eliminated by Santana and Ortiz. Uh, Luchasaurus eliminates and So the hybrid two are officially out. Jurassic Express. Uh, both uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus are eliminated. In fact, it took like a bunch of people to eliminate Luchasaurus, but they got him over. Uh, Butcher mm. and the Blade break up the best friend's hug and Chuck Taylor is tossed. Orange Cassidy manages to save Trent, however. Uh, and the Blade gets tossed by Matt Jackson and Trent who are now just... They're like the uh, de facto best friends. And they do the hug. <laughs> and uh, Trent and uh, I believe it's Trent and the Butcher end up on the on the apron and orange is there to like catch Trent if he falls but uh Ally the bunny goes over and kicks Orange Cassidy uh in the balls and uh Trent gets knocked off the apron so best friends are eliminated. Matt spears Butcher off the apron through the ropes. So Butcher is eliminated and thus Butcher and Blade are eliminated. But Matt is not uh since he went through the ropes. So it is essentially Matt Jackson against Santana and Ortiz this is the uh, the last three men and the last two teams. Uh, Matt tries to make this comeback where he gives them a double Northern Light suplex tries to like Northern Light suplex him out of the ring uh, but that does not work. Uh, Sammy trips Matt they hit the street sweeper on him but when they go to throw him out man, Matt manages to hang onto the apron. Uh, he once again gets them in a compromising position. Uh, Matt does, manages to super kick Ortiz out of the ring. <laughs> Sammy Guevara tries to do this springboard into the ring to, like, hit Matt, and Matt just super kicks his face, like, right off of his body. Just Sammy lands horribly, <laughs> just murders him with this kick. And then he clotheslines Santana over the top rope, and the Young Bucks miraculously win and will face uh, Hangman and Kenny at the pay-per-view what did you think
1: of the battle royal Man, that was a fun battle royal yeah i um i kept thinking when everybody tossed out jack evans i'm like man this is what they needed to do to andre the giant back in the day only two problems with that thought andre don't go to the top rope no and if he did dive on everyone i'm pretty sure everyone would go down yes (laughs) that would have been a hilarious (laughs) visual though uh but yeah so much going on so much storytelling like it just goes to show, like, once I realized how many tag teams we had out there, I'm like, the tag team division may be the strongest division in AEW. Yeah, it's dead. There's so – oh, my God. There's so many good teams and just so many fun spots throughout. I loved Orange Cassidy, like, <laughs> holding his hands out just ever so weakly. <laughs> like, I'll catch them, you like, if you fall. And then he's like, nah, he's got it and puts his hands in his pocket. That was great. Yeah. Um I ended up giving this one three stars. I just thought it was a solid battle royal. You know, sometimes battle royals are really boring, but I felt like there was enough going on throughout this match that it was a, it was a really good match. Mm-hmm. I really liked it, too. Uh, I was right there
0: with you on the three stars thing until the end. I thought the Matt Jackson winning by himself thing was so great mm-hmm. and that they did it so well. I gave it an extra half. I went three and a half on this battle royal which I can't (laughs) believe I gave a Battle royal three and a half, but uh, Grapple gave it 3.26, so they were three and a quarter.
1: I think it may have been one of the best Battle royals I've seen since All In, so good uh, kudos to the tag division, you know? That All In Battle
0: Royal was great, yeah. Um, We cut to the back where Cody and Brandy have arrived in the building, along with Pharaoh. We haven't seen, (laughs) I don't think we've seen Pharaoh since I mean, I know he's been on an AEW show, but I'm I'm not sure what the last time he showed up was maybe for the,
1: maybe for the Jericho match. I think it was for like double or nothing. Cause I feel like there, or even all out maybe cause I feel like there was an issue with him getting scared by fireworks and that's why he stopped appearing so much.
0: Yes. Oh, it probably it may have been for the Sean Spears match. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well he's returned. He's made his return. Uh, up next, Uh, Shanna versus Chris Statlander. And we have Britt Baker on commentary. Uh, at one point, uh, she lets Tony Schiavone know that she got him a coffee and they actually do get a shot. And it is a custom Starbucks cup with Tony Schiavone's face in the middle and Tony's name spelled incorrectly on the cup. Yes, (laughs) Uh, of course. Uh, as that joke will never die. Uh, here's something that happened before we even get to really talk about this match. Jim Ross almost dies when Excalibur has to kind of half embarrassingly explain the Chris Statlander character. (laughs) Like, I think he knew what was going to happen here. I think this was honestly, this was a big failing on Jim Ross's part because he was never going to like the answer that Excalibur was going to give him. So don't ask the question because Chris Statlander is a big baby face. Mm-hmm. So don't make the big baby face sound dumb cuz you're like a big time commentator and stuff. It was just I like I I don't I think Excalibur is okay with the goofy nature of her character, but I think he knew sort of what he you could hear it in his voice when he was explaining this. Yes. And it's like she It was amazing, too, because he tried to word it in a way that I think he was trying to convey the feeling that she's just trying to use this for a psychological advantage. But Hmm. he's like, she believes herself to be uh, an alien from the Andromeda. And then he's continuing and it's like, and and her ship crash landed at Area 51. And Jim Ross is like, oh, God. And he's like, hey, you wanted
1: to know. I know he said something to the effect of where's Bill Shatner when you need him? Where's
0: Bill Shatner <laughs> when you need him? Uh, so they, they <laughs> wrestle. Uh, Statlander and Shanna do early on here. Uh, they get into a boop fight. This yes. boop exchange turns into an actual strike exchange. Shanna gains control going into the break. Uh, when we come back, Statlander starts her comeback, hits a blue thunderbomb for two. Shanna cuts her off, uh, hits the Tree of Woe stomp for two. Hits her with a head scissors DDT. Uh, Statlander counters with a jawbreaker, hits her with a big bang theory for the win. I thought these two worked really well together. It did. Yeah, this wasn't a really long match, but I thought they had good chemistry. They moved really smoothly. They hit each other pretty hard. Uh, and everything they did looked pretty crisp. I thought these two were pretty good.
1: Absolutely. They're both talented women, and I, I would agree. I think the biggest thing working against them in this matchup was uh, a lack of time. I wish they had more time to do what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Also, props to Shanna for the Dragon Ball Z goku theme gear. That mm-hmm. was pretty dope. As someone who's been rewatching that recently, that got a big pop from me. Yep. Uh, did you hear the weird piece of commentary where JR's like, why do they always have to call it a pie face? Why can't why they call a it
0: cake a cake face? face? I like cake. Yeah, I like. <laughs> what the hell, was Tony Shavani's like,
1: calm down. <laughs> Whatever, I, I never would have found myself calling Jr. the weakest part of this trio, but man, yeah, I always know. making mistakes. Always, come on, Jr. Get this, your shit together. <laughs> especially after Taz shows up later,
0: like Excalibur, yes. Excalibur, Tony and Taz, because like Excalibur and Taz on Dark are great. Mm-hmm. They're a great team, and Shivani is always great adding in the little bits. So, yeah, I thought they—I think they'd be an excellent team. And yeah, Jim Ross just—it's just not doing it anymore. I don't think for me. But what what would you give uh, Statlander and and Shanna?
1: I wanted to like this match a lot more, but i I think it was the weakest match of the show this week. I gave it um, two and three quarter stars. Still a good match, just. Give us more. I like Let us get a rematch between these two in the future and give them more time, please. You know, weirdly, I think I like this match more despite the
0: commentary. Mm -hmm. Uh, The commentary certainly didn't help, but for some reason for me, once they got going, I'm like, wow, these two are really good together. And the crowd was into this. By the time this match was done,
1: I gave this three and a quarter. I thought this was really good. I'm glad that you could go over the commentary, because that absolutely took me it, out of it, it.
0: It made it tough, yeah. Uh,
1: there, there was also audio issues during this matchup. Like, the, their theme music was louder than the commentators at the start of the match, so that was kind of weird, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Grapple
0: went 2.74 okay. uh, for this one. Uh, after this, we got a, a recap of Nyla and Riho from last week, and then Tony welcomes Nyla out onto the stage, she says that she should have been champion from the start but she wasn't she got overlooked, and then she got hungry and when she gets hungry she breaks bitches she <laughs> says that uh, yes, Riho was courageous but that got her nowhere all of these fans in the audience, they're just bees buzzing about and she's the queen of this hive she says that she's only going to be a one time champion because no one will ever beat her And then Chris Statlander (laughs) comes out and Nyla says, I'm not scared of your stupid boop. And instead she boops the championship because she wants it, Nick. And then big swole comes out. I love big swole here. (laughs) Big swole comes out. She does her like pump up flex in Nyla's face. And she goes, you think you're the, she says something along the lines of like, you're the, you think you're the top bitch here? And she's like, show me why brother she called her brother like she's Hogan yeah. or Flair uh <laughs> show it to me brother uh that's <laughs> so, so I think it's really funny. I hope all of the women in wrestling call each other brother just cuz that's just what everybody does. Uh it's Here, dude. <laughs> I thought this I thought that was awesome. I thought Nyla was very good on the mic and like really believable and uh I like that they're setting up these uh, uh, I like that they're setting up like these extra challengers of these other women who are looking for the championship. And I'm sure we'll probably get like a big swole and Chris Statlander match to kind of like help even out the field a little bit or at least narrow down who's going to be the challenger. So, yeah, I like this. What did What did you think?
1: I, I ended up liking it. At first, I thought Nyla came off a little bit like she was still trying to collect her thoughts or maybe the crowd threw her off a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but she got over that really quickly. When she made the line about breaking bitches, I was like, yes, yep. that's awesome. That's great line. <laughs> and I do hope that um, I would assume that we're, for the pay-per-view, either going to get a Riho rematch or one of these two will probably fight for a title shot next week. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm good with all that, you know awesome uh we get a recap of jeff
0: cobb's arrival last week which takes us into john moxley against jeff cobb and i thought maybe tony Schiavone, because it sounded like his voice was cracking a bit i thought maybe he was losing his voice taz came out to do the commentary for this match but it was the only match that taz did commentary for so not sure what was going on exactly but uh the inner circle are at ringside with tickets and uh, this match began with uh, some momentum trading early on. Uh, JR and Taz are both raising the possibility that Cobb might not necessarily be out here to win just to punish John Moxley. That might be what he's being paid for here. Not necessarily to win the match. Sort of giving an out that if he loses, it's okay. He's not necessarily trying to win this match. He's just trying to hurt Moxley. Uh, Cobb doing just that. I wrote, but in unspectacular fashion, heading into a break. Like, it was just him clubbing on Moxley and not doing a lot of some of the really impressive stuff uh, that we know Jeff Cobb to be capable of. Back from the break, he goes for the tour of the islands, but it is blocked and Moxley starts going after his legs. Uh, Cobb does catch him, though. Hits him with one of those wicked sidewinder suplexes that he does. Uh, does not pin him, though. Picks him up after the two count. Uh, Moxley tries to, get gets him to the outside. Moxley tries to do like the, he tries to crown him off the top rope to the outside, but Cobb catches him and gives him a belly to belly on the floor. Uh, gets him back into the ring, hits Moxley with a German, but Moxley temporarily gains fighting spirit, lariats, uh, Jeff Cobb to take him down and they get back up. They exchange, uh, they exchange, uh, strikes, but Jeff Cobb wins the strike battle. And uh, then he hits Moxley with the outside-in superplex, but Moxley catches the legs and cradles Jeff Cobb for the flash win. Uh, let's talk about the post-match uh, in a moment. What did you think of Moxley and Cobb? I thought it managed, managed to pick up by the end.
1: I agree with that. Um, I thought it started off awesome with um, Cobb hitting the exploding belly-to-belly suplex. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um My issue, and I kind of feel like this has been a trend recently with AEW, they're bringing in these new people that are supposed to be mercenaries, killers. It's happened with the Butcher and the Blade. It's happening with Cop. It happens with Wardlow later. Mm -hmm. People are coming in and... They're pretty much giving away since they're fighting a big contestant right off the bat that they're going to lose. Yes. And I, I don't know how I feel about that just because it's happened so much that I've noticed the trend and maybe it bugs me for that. Mm. But like, I felt like Cobb should have been going against somebody else right off the bat. Or, I mean, they do it in a way where he loses this match and it looks like he just got caught off guard. Like, yes. you know, anyone one could have lost that way. So I guess that's forgivable, but it kind of bugs me that I'm seeing this happen so frequently. I'm like, Not everyone should be debuting and losing, I guess.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Or at least not in a bounty hunter kind of way. I mean, so it sounds like all the talk about Cobb is that they have signed him, but for dates. Like he's not under a contract contract where he's exclusive to AEW for any length of time. Um, So it sounds like he is literally just doing some bounty work like he's going to be in, but not for like long term or at least not right now so uh,
1: i i i almost would have preferred him maybe even getting disqualified in this match just you know yeah, he's beaten, beaten they, down. Haven't, I they haven't
0: done one yet so they could totally get away with doing one here
1: exactly that's what i'm saying if you don't do it enough it's it's fine and i'm not advocating we need lots of disqualification finishes but here i think it would have really benefited even though Cobb is an athlete and i don't think he'd be the kind of guy to Want to get disqualified, but if he's a mercenary, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, what would you give this one? But he gave this one three stars. I thought Taz on commentary was great. It actually made me wish he was there for the rest of the show. Um, and it wasn't a super long match or anything, but I do think what they did was fine.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I gave this my uh, my score de jour for this show so far, a three and a quarter. Uh, this is the same problem I ran into with the NXT TakeOver show, where I gave almost every match the same score. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they were all good scores, but uh, yeah. Uh, I thought this started out really slow, but picked itself up by the end. Uh, and oh, by the way, Grapple gave it a 3.11. So I've been a little <laughs> above grapple this whole show, but uh, I think that may continue going forward. But uh part of it maybe is the... uh The the aftermath, too, kind of maybe boosted my mood about this match because I just thought this aftermath was great. So, yes. like, we got the one, two, three, and then by the time the bell makes its third toll, Jericho is already in the ring beating up on my... Like, they inner circle immediately gets in the ring and is beating up on John Moxley. Uh Dustin comes out but he unfortunately also gets swarmed. He only gets his hands on uh Jake Hager for a brief moment and then the lights go out and Darby Allen's music plays and holy crap did he get an ovation here. Mm-hmm. Uh he comes out and like I saw some people who were like upset that He's like, why did he wait so long to come down to the ring? And I'm like, I I don't know, man. Why did Iron Man and Spider-Man stop fighting in the middle of Endgame to hug it out? Like, you know, that doesn't make any sense. Now, in fairness, when I've watched this back, the lights going out stunned the bad guys into inaction. (laughs) Like, when Darby came out, they cut to, like, they cut back to the inner circle. They had stopped beating up anybody. And were just huddled in fear by the ropes. They did not know what was happening. They were so Darby could take could take as long as he needed to because it's not like they were beating up people uh, while he was standing on the ramp. But he stood there, soaked this in, skated down to the ring, and then I wrote proceeds to do the greatest save ever, where he like drills Jericho with the skateboard, covers his balls with the skateboard. So when Hager goes to knee him in the balls, he just knees the skateboard. And hurts his knee. Hits Sammy with the skateboard. And then does like a stomp on his back with the skateboard. And Jeff Cobb goes to German Darby Allen. Throws him high into the air. And Darby does the most beautiful backflip. Gracefully landing onto his feet with his skateboard. And like hits Jeff Cobb with the skateboard. And Moxley comes in. Hits him with the paradigm shift. And then Jericho and Moxley start brawling. But then Jericho powders. And uh, the good guys stand tall while the heels cowardly escape. I thought this was awesome.
1: Yeah, and that ovation that, that Darby got, that made me happy. Like, Because I cow. thought the angle where he got his throat hit was a great angle. And mm-hmm. the fact that he was gone selling it made this even more impactful. Like, They know how they're building these stars. They're doing a great job with it. And yep. Darby is proof of that. Yep the show continued to
0: pick up with Kenny Omega and hangman page against the Lucha brothers for the AEW tag team championship. So early on, it's all Kenny and hangman. Uh, they hit the, you can't escape combo for it too. Then Phoenix just smashes Kenny with a super kick to finally Mm -hmm. take control. There's a hot series of double teams leading into the break from the Lucha brothers. Uh, Coming back from the break, Kenny hits a leaping DDT on Pentagon to make the tag to Page. He runs wild. Uh, They hit the double-team pop-up German suplex on Pentagon. And when Kenny tries this on Phoenix, Phoenix turns it into a twisting cutter. And then when Kenny goes to check on Page, Penta vaults off of Page's back and just hits Kenny with this wild-looking Canadian Destroyer. Uh, Both Phoenix and Kenny are on the apron, and they're having like this great... Uh, this great battle on the apron uh, when Phoenix goes and does the, uh, like the rope run kick. He's so awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. Pentagon teases doing the fear factor package pile driver on the apron, but Kenny hits him with a knee. And then Phoenix just does this unreal springboard hurricane Rana off the apron to the outside on Kenny hangman page. hits the Arahara moon, uh, the Arihara salt. Just the crowds going crazy. Moves everywhere once they get back into the ring. Uh, I have come up with a new name for their finisher. So I know they're calling it the, they're just Excalibur is just saying the buckshot V trigger combination. But this got me thinking, it's like, well, when Kenny was with Kota Ibushi, they came up with a, a finishing move and they called it the golden trigger, right? Uh-huh. Uh, for their finish. And I'm like, okay, well, that's perfect. We can do the same thing with uh, Hangman and Kenny Omega. And I'm going to try my best to turn this into a thing, Nick. I have dubbed this move the Drunken Trigger. <laughs> uh, I figure it's perfect. Uh, I was sitting there thinking, like, Trigger Shot? Like, Buck Trigger? The v- No, none of that sounds good. And I'm like, wait a minute. Paige is a drunk. So the Drunken Trigger. I've, I've dubbed it this. Uh, well, okay. the drunken trigger backfires again, and Phoenix does this crazy corkscrew Pescado to the outside. Pentagon hits the Pentagon driver on Kenny for a big two. He go they go for the spike fear uh, factor on Kenny, but he counters it. Kenny just hits Phoenix with this wicked looking tiger driver ninety eight for a two. Uh, Phoenix manages to to get in a little bit of offense momentarily. Goes for his uh his rope whip hook kick thing that he does, but Kenny ducks it and they hit him with the drunken trigger for the win. I wrote, holy crap! This is a great match. What did you think, Nick?
1: Man. Match of the show. Oh Tag yeah. Tag Team Division on fire still. Man. Yes. Great match. I loved it. Um I did notice a couple things that made me laugh throughout the match. First of all, Kenny coming down to the ring. He uh, blushes upon entering the ring because somebody's holding up a sign asking him to marry them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, obviously, one of the highlights of every week is uh, the piece of information above Hangman Page's uh, um, name tag. I believe this week it said "Como se dice yeha" with a question mark, yes. um, which tra- roughly translates to "How do you say yeha?" <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. But yeah, just an amazing match. Pentagon's a freak, man. Like, the stuff he does is incredible.
0: Pentagon is awesome. Phoenix is, I don't even know how to describe Phoenix. He just comes from, he
1: might come from a different universe. Yes, that's what I meant to say. Phoenix is a freak. Like, they're both amazing. They're both awesome, but the the way he just so casually walks that top rope is nope. It's amazing. Um, (laughs) It's unreal. And like anytime I see the Lucha Brothers in any mixture of the elite, I know I'm going to get something probably in the high or in the higher star range. And and no no difference here. I gave this one four stars. Yep. Um, just a hell of a matchup. Tag team division is the highlight of all these shows. It's the best. Yeah. I was
0: feeling this match. I I'm like early on. I'm like, okay, well this will this will be good. And yeah, it's been pretty good. But I don't know by that after that break this thing just went into another dimension for me. Uh, and they're just hitting on all gears. I thought this match was awesome. I went four and a half I went the full, I didn't go the full five. I didn't even go three quarters, but I did go four and a half. This might be my, I don't know. I have to go back and look at other dynamites, but this could be my favorite match I've seen on a dynamite. Uh, I thought this match ruled 4.28 from, uh, good people over at uh, grapple uh after this match uh the young bucks are down to help kenny up uh, and Paige chugs a giant beer <laughs> so this is a pretty this had to be like a 32 ounce beer i think and he just downed it
1: real quick. And, don't, and don't forget that they were basically fighting over kenny in the ring like the bucks a little bit yeah to like help him up, up yeah and then Hangman wanted to pull him over, and he was like, "Stop! What are you guys doing?" You know, and and Kenny was even like, "What's going
0: on?" Yeah,
1: a little bit more dissension still there.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, then we got a piece unveiling the AEW toy line. Nick, I'm sure this got you excited.
1: That so this I saw this before I even watched the show, and ah. I am quite excited. I actually just listened to an interview from one of the guys that. Work uh, for the company that's doing these. Wicked I believe. cool,
0: um, I think it is. Wicked cool toys, I think it is.
1: That's doing it. Um, the the guy who uh, runs one of the guys that runs Wicked Cool Toys used to run Jacks back in the day. Ah. Uh, and I actually Zach Ryder and Kurt Hawkins just interviewed him for a podcast earlier in the day, where he was dropping subtle hints about this. And they were like, "Oh, we heard there's something in the works." And then they get unveiled tonight. So great timing with that. Yes. Um. Uh, These figures are great. If anyone out there collects WWE Ultimate figures, they're basically the same type of articulation. The only thing that I... And it's not even a really big complaint. I noticed in the shoulders they have the weird... Where you can kind of see how the joint moves. Yeah. And that reminds me of old WCW Toy Biz figures, which... Nowadays, where figures, you can kind of cover that up, so that's my only minor gripe, but mm-hmm. man, I'm going to get a whole set of these. They look so good.
0: They do look pretty good, and this, I thought this piece was pretty great, like, um, you know, Kenny getting psyched looking at his thing, and like, oh, it comes with, like, the jacket and everything, like, the the ring jacket that he wears, like, Brandy almost in tears getting to see this, because I, I doubt Eden Styles got an action figure when she was in WWE, so... Um, exactly so she almost in tears over this cody (laughs) cody losing his mind over his his figure and then the best line i love that they just put it in here cody goes uh, because they gave him a sledgehammer from (laughs) double or nothing and cody goes oh the internet's gonna love the sledgehammer like i i laugh so hard because there are definitely going to be people there it's just a triple H. you're ripping off triple h i am sure it's a I laughed so hard when he said that because that's what's going to happen. And yeah, I just thought it was funny they put it in there.
1: And just props to this company for finally getting us a blonde haired Cody because there's been plenty of regular Cody's released your Stardust, your um, uh, the one where he's wearing the mask, dashing Cody Rhodes, all that stuff. All that's come out before. So I'm happy we finally get a blonde Cody. And the Jericho figure might be the one I'm most excited for with his suite dad bod and his sweet uh, <laughs> AEW championship <laughs> belt and microphone that comes with them, I like yes. I am I'm cushing over these, I can't wait <laughs> uh, and yeah, the, the Cody thing was ripping off Triple
0: H I think that was also even the point but...
1: Exactly, yeah and what a crazy time for collectors right now, we're getting New Japan figures this year, we're getting awesome. uh, Lucha figures, we're getting Ring of Honor figures and now we're getting these, that's great.
0: Uh, so... In addition to Pack and Omega for next week, they also announced Best Friends against Butcher and the Blade, stemming off of their encounter in the Battle Royal. Then we get the, uh, the Cody-Wardlow hype, and then, of course, the main event, Cody versus Wardlow in a cage. And, uh, yeah, this was a big, tall cage, and yeah. differently designed. So, the cage hangs all the way down the ring apron to the floor. Uh, So it provides some room on the apron for people to stand. And also it seems possible that somebody could get wedged in between the cage and the apron. So that seems dangerous. And the cage is tall. I think they said it's about a 20-foot tall uh, ground-to-top cage. And uh, both of these guys get big entrances. And uh, the match begins with Cody trying to stick and move, but Wardlow just manhandles him, heading into a commercial break. Uh, Coming back from it... Cody is bleeding after being rammed into the cage. Uh, The beating continues uh, through the break. And then when we get back, Cody starts to come back. Hits the Cody cutter, Uh, but Wardlow hits him low, gives him the F 10, which Excalibur called the F 10, (laughs) which I was not expecting to happen, but Wardlow did not pin him. Uh, Cody tossed into the door. So the door breaks open and, uh, MJF and Arn Anderson meet at the door. And, by the way, it has been noted that there's no escape. You can't escape. That doesn't stop the match. Uh, it's pin or submission only. Uh, but MJF, I don't know why he thought this would work, but he tried to convince Arn to slam the door on Cody's head. He's like, you did it to his daddy. It's like all those years of hatred. Just do it again. <coughs> and, uh, Doesn't matter. Arn slams it in MJF's face. Like, I don't know what he expected to happen here. (laughs) Cody makes a comeback. Snap power slam for it, too. He gets gorilla pressed into the cage, though, by Wardlow. He hits a big swanton for it, too. MJF gives him the dynamite diamond ring. And, of course, Cody gets it instead. Uh, hits him low, puts the ring on, uh, Arn and Brandy stop MJF from trying to get into the cage, toss him over the guard railing. Cody punches him with the ring, hits the crossroads, only gets a two. But then like in the span of like 10 seconds, Nick, Cody just like looks up, looks up at the top of the cage, says, fuck it, climbs up to the top of this cage does this insane moonsault press off the top of the cage. When he hits Wardlow, it looks like Wardlow was shot with a sniper rifle. Like he went down so fast and so hard. This just looked violent and crazy and Cody pins him, gets the three and it's Cody and MJF at the pay-per-view. Cody stands on top uh, of the cage Looking down, blood running down his face, looking at MJF. And MJF looks scared shitless. And that's how we uh, end the
1: show. What did you think of the main event? I thought it was great. Um, One thing that I did like, because um, I saw pictures of the cage before the match happened. And I remember in my group chat with some friends... Um, One of my friends is a wrestler and he mentions, man, that cage looks dangerous. It looks like you could accidentally wedge your leg in between and Mm -hmm. break it or someone's going to screw something up and get hurt. And I'm glad that they addressed that to add the danger factor to it. I'm like, okay, that kind of builds it up a little bit. Seems like it was Um, intentional. Yeah. Timed it. For when Cody climbed to the top, I think it was a little less than thirty seconds mm-hmm. before he went for that moonsault. That was impressive; like barely any hesitation, just went for it. Like,
0: yeah, it did not give it okay. a lot of time to breathe.
1: Yeah, that that's true. It didn't give it a lot of time to breathe, but at the same time, it was very impressive to me. Just no, that like he I had so much confidence to go for it. You know,
0: yeah, I think that's actually a good thing. Uh, I I'm glad they didn't do the dramatic climb. The dramatic pause, the second dramatic pause, and then doing the move. Like, this was like a life or death scenario. Cody hit his big move and he couldn't win. And he's like, well, shit, What? I I don't have anything else left except for this. So he just went for it and he did it as quickly as he could. And it just looked crazy. Uh, Oh, yeah.
1: It was awesome. I think. I think a problem a lot of times in cage matches like this, there's spots that are done like this, but they mean nothing. They're not going to end the match. What I really loved was this. It was exactly as you described. He couldn't do it with the crossroads, so he has to take it to the next level.
0: Desperation.
1: That was beautiful. I loved that. And and it was enough to take him out and get the win, even though Wardlow was dominating him for most of the match. Mm -hmm. Just... An excellent cage match. I thought it was great. I gave this one three and three-quarter stars.
0: Oh, okay. So first, for the first time this episode, I am under your score. I went three and a half. But, yeah, yeah. I really like this. I thought this was a really good cage match, and the ending was fantastic, and it ended right when it needed to. So
1: Exactly. Great. And props to Arn Anderson for throwing MJF in the crowd. That was great. Yes. He he kind of no-sold Brandy's uh, chair, chair shots, shots to his back. It was like a bug bothering him or something. He's like, you really just hit me with the chair? Yes. <laughs> uh, and
0: Brandy stood right up to him, and then Arne Anderson came up from behind and just threw him into the crowd. Uh, <laughs> Grapple gave it a 3.53. So, yeah. Okay. A good. This was another great episode of Dynamite. I don't know if it was as good as last week's episode from top to bottom, but this is a very good episode. And they're. I feel like they're on a roll right now heading into the pay-per-view. So...
1: This is the kind of show I'd like to show to a new fan just because I felt like there was so much variety in it Mm -hmm. and everything was, for the most part, close to that three-star point for these matches. Like, the only thing I gave a low score was the women's match, but, you know, even that could be... You know, I still liked it. It was a good match. So this was the kind of thing I'd want to show to someone just to be like, look, you get a battle royal, you get a cage match, you get an excellent tag team match, Mm -hmm. some solid singles wrestling. Like, this was a great episode.
0: Yeah. Uh... So uh, that'll do it for this week's episode. Head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can check out the archives of the show. Uh, And of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. Just search for The Elitists. Hit subscribe, and that way you can hear us come back next time and talk about more AEW Dynamite on TNT featuring Kenny Omega versus the Bastard Pack in a 30 minute Iron Man match.